Welcome to the Stay Healthy Experience. I'm Robert Ferguson, and you'll soon have my co-host, Miss Barbara Chris, with us and our special guest. We're going to talk about type 2 diabetes. We're going to talk about weight loss. We're going to talk about how to live your healthiest life without avoiding carbs. This is one you don't want to miss. Let's get to it. Okay, it's that time. We are here, Barbara. Yes, are you ready? I'm ready. So I've been talking about my friend, Mr. Chris, uh, who's also a client for a while. And uh, I'm very thankful that you took the time, or are making time to actually be here, because you're a very, very busy man. Yes. Well, well, thank you. I mean, this has got to be a priority. So I, I hope I can help somebody with my story. So. Oh, and, and I'm going to call this part one, uh-huh. because I know what's going to take place in the next three to four months. I also know what's going to take place in the next year. With Chris. With Chris. Yeah, and I've heard so much about you. Good so the, things. The pressure's on. <laughs> you're like, we are. We're in. But when you, when you put it out there like this, it's kind of like if you went on TV and said, okay, I'm going to lose weight. And everybody's watching. Well, if yeah. you don't lose weight or if you don't get healthier, mm-hmm. then everybody's like, well, what happened? What happened? Yeah. I mean, that's the life of the people who were on The Biggest Loser, right? Mm. It's like, think about how their lives are because most of them gained all their weight back. After and, the fact. Yeah. yeah. And they're constantly in a struggle because they did so much damage to their metabolism. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, we're not here to talk about the biggest loser. Right. We're about to talk about something that I believe can help a lot of people. And my thing is giving people hope. Mm-hmm. And if you have hope, then your faith, in my opinion, kicks in. And if you have the right plan, it makes it nice. But mm-hmm. I want to reverse engineer it because you said something when I first met you, when we began this journey, you said, man, I don't want to just lose the weight and then not be able to eat regular food. Has that been the case? (laughs) That's totally been the case. I mean, I, uh, you know, your carbs are good song that you did. The the, the cinnamon (laughs) roll line was because of me. Um, Uh I, I, you know, yeah, I've been eating, you know, I've learned how to eat it in moderation and how to, pair different things with, you know, based on if I'm going to eat this, I bet I need to have this with it and, and all that. But mm-hmm. I haven't not eaten anything that I normally enjoy. Nice. And that was the big deal. I mean, obviously health is the number one priority, mm-hmm. but I expect to live a relatively long life and I want to enjoy life too. So yeah. now, well, could, could you have imagined that like today where we are in part one of this series, that you're down 51 pounds as of yesterday? No, oh, no, I, I couldn't. I mean, I was actually a little shocked when I stepped on the scale yesterday and you started writing the numbers down. I was like, oh, wow. You're, and his body fat is down big wow. time, like over 10% body fat. That's amazing. So you're in running with my biggest loser at 56 pounds. Okay. So we got to step it up. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah. And triglycerides were over 1,100, now in normal range. Um, wow. And your hemoglobin A1C, so for people who are diabetic, <laughs> they will get this. Uh, it was 11.1. So let's go back to that story, kind of how yeah. we met, and then let's okay. kind of walk through what has taken place. I'm glad you said that. So about two years ago was the first time I, I, I tried to go in yearly for a physical and everything else. And so two years ago, I, I knew something wasn't totally right. Um, went in, I was the heaviest I'd ever been. And I mean, I was a three-sport athlete in high school. I mean, as, as we know, I mean, I, um, Robert knows people are listening don't know but I mean I was a high school and college coach for 30 years I'm a high school athletic director so I mean sports has been an integral part of my life yeah and so but you know for whatever reason I let my health 
get out of control. So I was 288 pounds, went into the doctor and my blood work hadn't come in yet. So we did my normal physical. The doctor's also a good personal friend. Um, she called me that Friday night and said, hey, I need to have you come in after hours on Monday and we need to talk about your blood work. Your blood Yikes. work came back and you're type 2 diabetic. Mm -hmm. So she spun it as positive, I guess, as you can say. But so now I've got a whole weekend to think about what does that mean? I have no clue. I mean, you hear about diabetes and you know about it, but what does that mean? Right. Um, so we went in, talked about it. I, I made some changes. And, you know, there's all those fad diets out there. Um, I'll be honest. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I did the low carb thing and I lost, you know, a bunch of weight and um, everything was kind of coming back together. Lo and behold, fast forward, when I went for my physical this last year, I was 10 pounds lighter than where I was at back then. When I got diagnosed with diabetes, they had lowered my metformin one time mm -hmm. because I lost a bunch of weight. Went back, and that's when I was 11.1, my A1Cs. And my doctor walked in, and she's the most positive person you would ever want to meet. Wow. So when she came in for the first five minutes of my physical and said at least five times, these numbers in your blood work are very, very sobering, I was like, I didn't know what to do. I mean, it just like hit me like a ton of bricks. And so I came home and um, I mean, I tried to wrap my head all around it. I had, I had been diagnosed with sleep apnea just a month before. So I got this funky mask I got to wear at <laughs> night and, and all this stuff. So I already had that that I was dealing with. I'm there. They're talking about, you know, you could get, lose your eyesight if we don't get this under control like now. You could, I mean, we could start oh talking gosh. about amputations. We, I mean, you know, your triglycerides and stuff, you're, you're like a walking, ticking time bomb. I'm like, you know, and then at oh, the end, God. I'm kind of like, my belly buttons look kind of funny lately. Well, she goes, <laughs> oh, you got umbilical hernia too. So I've got all this going on <laughs> and I'm heading over to my high school to deal with something. And I finally just said, you know, my, my coach was there and I said, you know, I, I can't talk about this right now. I left. Well, finally I got home and, uh, you know, I, there's that country song, grown men, you know, when you become a dad crying, so I think you get more sense. And I won't deny it. I mean, I finally teared up before my wife and said, I'm scared. I said, I have no clue what I'm doing. I mean, I can't wrap my head around this. I got all these different health issues and I know nothing about it. It's like I, they, they gave me the glucose machine and stuff, the prescription to go start testing that. Well, I went to the pharmacy, picked it up, came home. Well, part of the prescription didn't go in. Well, so I've got the little lancets and I've got the machine part nothing else so i'm going no strips no That's strips <laughs> no like the little pin the jab so i'm going you're like so yeah i'm like what do i do with this so i'm like okay i guess you take this off and there's a little needle so i guess okay you hold the thing and you just prick your finger i guess but i'm like where does this go like where's the like I just stick the machine I'm, I'm like what does these numbers mean so right. finally i called my doctor and she goes, oh, yeah, for some reason, part of the prescription didn't go through. I sent it through. So now I got the test strips. I got the pins. I'm like, okay, <laughs> what now? So I take, I do this, and I get these numbers. I have no clue what these numbers mean. Well, I was going to say, then, then what? You get the numbers, and then what? Yeah. I'm like, what, what does this mean? What am I supposed to eat? I mean, I started, you know, being an educator and stuff. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to start researching this a little bit. Well, there's a million things out there on the Internet. So I'm like, well, what can I eat? What can I not eat? So a good friend of Robert and I both, um, who's become like a little sister to me, 
um, Marine Shea. Uh, the real million dollar baby. That's exactly. Right, huh? Exactly. Um, I had helped her through a couple of times in her career, some long talks and everything else, of things she was going through and she needed like a, a coach type guidance. And so we hadn't talked in a while. And so she randomly, you know, I, I, I believe in God near this. I think God works in mysterious ways. Okay. She just all of a sudden randomly called me. And I was like, you know what? Can I call you back? I said, I, I really, yeah, I need to talk to you about something. So we went home, we got the whole family together because she's like family and we're like family to her. And so we put her on the, all the fancy stuff. My daughter's got hooked up. So we're FaceTiming on our big nice. screen TV. And so I said, okay. I said, you know, um, I need you to pay back those times I talked to you. I said, this is what's going on. She goes, I could tell something was up. And I said, I said, I got monster. I'm scared. I said, I don't know what to do. And I said, you know, I'm pushing that magic number of 50. I'm getting closer. I said, you know, I've always been a hypochondriac. So you start talking heart attacks and everything else and amputations and everything. I love my job as an athletic director. And I'm thinking if, if I have something amputated. So I can't do my job. And I mean, right. I worked my whole career to get wow. this job. And so I said, I need help. I said, I, I said, I, I don't know what to do. And so over the years of our relationship, she had hooked me up. You know, I, I hadn't hooked me up Robert, but it, it talked about Robert and, you know, this, this diet program or, and, but it's not a diet. And I mean, you know, so I'm half kind of listening, <laughs> like whatever, yeah. you know? And so she goes, you know what? She goes, I think it's, it's time. And I go, for what? My time's like up, I said, because I said, I'm thinking that right now because I'm stressing. She goes, no, no, no. She goes, I, I think you're ready for, she goes, I want to introduce you to Robert. I said, okay. So I think what, Robert, everything happened within a couple of days. I think she called you. Yeah, and you well, you had your numbers. And then she called me after that and says, hey, will you talk to my friend? And she asked if I was coaching. At the time, I wasn't taking on clients. And uh, but I say, hey, let's get on the phone and see what we can do, right? Mm -hmm. So we got on the phone, we all talked, and you were, I, I loved the energy. And then I said, well, let's meet, right? So you came over and then I just thought the world of you and your wife and we started. So that was two weeks after you did your numbers. Yeah. I remember, I, so. I actually remember you sharing that about him, about you, oh. I remember that. Yeah, because I mean, I really don't. I was, at the time, I wasn't coaching. Yeah, I mean, I would take on a client here or there, you know, like if it's a if it's a Tony Braxton, okay, I'm, I'm gonna work with you. <laughs> there you go, uh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or Bobby Bo or something like yeah. that. But you know, I could tell that you had it in you to 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 make the most of it, and so we started working together. And um, there we go. Yeah, I love that you you shared your journey as far as what made you make that call and reach out. So I think a lot of people can relate to that and that that fear of you, know, you go to doctors and you get this information back from them. You don't know what the hell it means or what to do and how scary that is. And I could, I mean, you're just telling it back to me. I'm feeling it. I can feel it. And, and a lot of people feel that too. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, when Robert asked if I would do this, I'm like, yeah, I mean, my kind of thing, he's helped me, you know, through this and you know, I really believe in paying it forward. And if I can help somebody else, because, I know how I felt. I mean, I, I didn't have any clue. I'm like, you know, it's like I started doing that research. It's like, okay, one person would tell me, okay, I, you can eat this. And somebody <laughs> else would tell me, no, you can't eat this. And I'm like, yeah. well, what? <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm like, how? I don't even know where to start. 
start. Right. And in fact, you thought you were doing something right. You had lost some weight. Right. You were you were lighter going into this second round or this checkup. Mm -hmm. this past I year. was literally I mean, I was just 10 thinking, pounds lighter. Yes. Yeah, so you're thinking I'm doing I'm doing good. Yeah. And I, I mean, it, it, I knew something wasn't totally right because like I could take a 32 ounce bottle of Gatorade and I would sit there. I would drink it and I would drink it in 10 minutes or so. And I was still thirsty mm -hmm. and I could go fill that with water and then drink that. And I was still, still thirsty. thirsty. And. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like, I knew something wasn't totally right, but never, I mean, my numbers, I mean, my doctor was bragging about me a year and a half before to a couple of other doctors as I was leaving the last appointment dealing yeah. with the diabetes, you know, my versus down to, you know, 5.6 A1Cs and all this stuff to, I, I, I mean, I obviously didn't respect the disease. I mean, I will be honest, I did not respect the disease to all of a sudden go from where I was at to here. I'm like, I didn't understand. I'm like, I, I kept asking the question, like, how did this happen? And so she explained to me, you know, you're always going to have to kind of deal with it. But she goes, there's ways that you can control this. She's a big believer in what Robert's been saying that, you know, we can reverse this, but you're always going to be potentially predisposed to it. You got to respect. I didn't respect it. And. So she goes, it's continues. It's a progressive disease, basically. And she goes, it's progressed. So you're now two years later. Yes, you're 10 pounds lighter than you were when we diagnosed you, but that's been around and with you and been hanging around for two years. You've now fast forwarded two years later and it's come back full force. And wow. Well, you know what? I, I, I want the people to, to get something in the backstory. Yeah. Because at this moment in time, we're still dealing with this. Uh, lack of clarity around type 2 diabetes. What I mean by that, in 2003, I don't know if you ever knew uh, Dennis Cabral. Mm -hmm. So he was a client of mine. Okay. Yeah. Who is that? Uh, he's a, he was a client years ago. He's okay. a uh, professor. He's retired now. Mm -hmm. But I used to I do a talk and I would talk about diabetic dentists. <laughs> he came to me, this was around 2002, 2003. Okay. And I'll never forget, he had the desire and the commitment. He had just been diagnosed by uh, Dr. Gonzalez with being type 2 di diabetic. Mm -hmm. and he says, hey, is it possible to like reverse this? And I said, yeah. Now, you know, I've been saying that for a long time. And I, I literally had a doctor once send me an email and say, I can't believe that you are telling people they can reverse something that's irreversible. Like literally. And I've been called out a few times back in the day. Well, fast forward to 2017, The Lancet, which is one of the most respected medical journals in the world, they said you can reverse it. Mm -hmm. So think of all the, the, the headaches of going through that, saying mm -hmm. it, and you're coming, I'm coming across like a quack. And so the only ones I could get to embrace it were the ones that had hope that, yes, I'm going to reverse this, meaning there's no sign of it. And I went to the Mayo Clinic uh, website today, and on their, their site today, they basically opened up by saying you cannot reverse it. And then they say, but you can, like, it can basically disappear, but it's always there. Okay, so let's say it's always there. But what I believe is going to happen with you is that in part two, there's going to be no sign of type 2 diabetes. And you're going to be eating foods that people would say, you can't eat that and still and be a diabetic. Right. So I kind of want to go into the method of how you combine the foods and how like, he really takes control of his blood sugar. Mm -hmm. Because the world right now, and people hear me on this, in America, there's like 30 million people who are type 2 diabetic. 
there's almost 100 million people who are pre-diabetic, meaning they were right where you were. They're walking around, their yeah, glucose is like 120. They don't know, 125. Next thing you know, full blown when they go into their next checkup. If everyone had a blood glucose monitor and they just checked it every once in a while, they would catch it before it became diabetes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But everyone's okay with the fact that, let's just say that 100 million people are pre-diabetic, eventually they'll find out they're diabetic. That makes no sense, <laughs> right? That right. makes absolutely no sense. Let's catch it earlier. Be proactive. Yeah, I mean, be proactive. So, but let's let's give people the hope that you tapped into, mm -hmm. as far as the way you were eating in the beginning. Obviously, we got to start off somewhere, right? But take them to the point to as you're eating that you got to this thing called a boost meal. Yeah, take us there. <laughs> <laughs> let's hear it. So early on, I mean, the what I will say is you put your money where your mouth is, you know, and. It was you met me where I was at. I mean, obviously, I mean, I was eating. I mean, I look at now how I was eating back then. I mean, I would, I was just having a burger, but I was having the fries with it. And I'm like, you know, and so you start multiplying that and, you know, doing that two, three times a week and, you know, having, you know, not two slices of pizza. But I was eating a salad with that pizza. <laughs> I was at, but I think back now, I was going, yeah, but I was having six slices of pizza and the salad like you know it's kind of like that person i always chuckle sometimes <laughs> when i i'd go through the drive and go okay I, i'm gonna have the big mac but and a large fry and a diet coke and I'm like, <laughs> you know that, that was my thought that makes you know all so, the difference yeah right? exactly you know i'm eating six slices of pizza but i got a salad over here so i'm good you know and, and it's so you met me as you say where i was at i mean it was no crash thing like okay we're taking all of this stuff away and you're never gonna have it again it was like okay what do you like to eat and i mean i literally had to th sit down i mean and think about well, what do i really like to yeah. eat and then the great thing about it is you know the diet free life is it's truly that i mean you started teaching me how to pair different things together and i mean the first thing was it was like what really stuck for me is, is i won't lie i have a sweet tooth i mean if you look <laughs> on my facebook right now I'll i don't post anything well you won't see anything <laughs> i don't post it but if you look at my friends. saves i have this continue i mean i have all these desserts saved and i'm like now it's like just to kind of look at them i'm like you know what i know how i could eat that but i'm only i can i need to have a sliver of it and i need to make it as a snack a fat burning type snack and i'm going to do so what now I'll never forget the one of the first times Robert and I met. <laughs> he said, you know what? So here's how you sit down. You do your meals and you explain the three different types of meals, and, you know, and you got you always start with your protein and you can have a protein and a fast carb and that could be good. Or you can have your protein and your fast carb and your bonus slow carb. And I'm like, okay, okay. So I, I'm still listening and everything else. And he goes, now when once you get your meals all set up, you know, and if you want to do, you could do up to your protein and your three slow carbs. And so he goes through all the different meals. And he goes, now, then you get your snacks. You need to make sure you snack every two to three hours. And you know, those anywhere to start with, he goes for a man, 200 to 300 calories. Well, so now I'm starting to think, okay, yeah, but okay, that bag of chips over there is 180. <laughs> I, I yeah. can't eat a bag of chips. I mean, this is like, I'm supposed to be, you know, watching what I eat. Right, you're like, thing, there's no you know? way in hell that could be right. Yeah, I mean, it's like the brainwash, like, okay, I'm supposed, so, 
what he said was in that when he was explaining, he goes, if you feel like you want a Snickers, eat a Snickers for your snack as long as it's below 300 calories. And I'm like, <laughs> perfect. So my sweet tooth mind, that set in. So, I mean, literally, especially early on, yeah. I had, you know, it was around Christmas time, you know, that I really got kind of started and we had met up and I was on the plan and everything else. Oh, so you went through the holidays. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was, yeah. so we did the holidays. And, <laughs> um, so it was, you know, they, I love those little Reese's peanut butter chocolate Christmas tree things, you know, <gasps> those are pretty amazing. So I at the grocery store. I was like, Oh, let's just look for kicks. What, how many calories? 250. I'm like, Boom. Boom. Throw it in the <laughs> cart. But still, you know, when I was eating it, I felt, you know, there's something wrong with this. I should not be eating this as my snack as a type 2 diabetic, mm -hmm. as, you know, overweight, mm -hmm. trying to get my weight under control and everything. I'm eating a Reese's peanut butter cup Christmas tree for a snack. I'm like, I should be eating probably like some strawberries or right. something like that kale. or some kale yeah or <laughs> some i can't even say quinoa or whatever i gotta be eating something that like healthy i mean you know celery right. sticks i mean there's gotta be <laughs> so you know that was the big struggle to now today you know i know like you know i mean if i want to have that boost i know what to pair with it you know i'm i'm lying last night i'm driving home from a late night watching our girls soccer team play up in santa barbara and i'm coming home I knew ended up, I could have stopped it in and out, but the line was too long. So I went home and fixed my meal, mm -hmm. but I knew I could stop it in and out if I needed to. And I could have the fries. I could have the double, double, but I just get it with lettuce wrap. How empowering is that? It's, I mean, it's so empowering. It's uh, if people just can realize that learning just that's, that's, I think very simple structure that how empowering that is. With respect to your food and having freedom with food. Well, you know, I, I was going to, well, I wanted to share with people who are listening. And I don't know if I shared this with you before. Mm -hmm. Maybe I have. But uh, one of my, my mom, my sister, who's no longer with us, her, we had different dads. And so her dad was married to a woman named Carolyn. Uh, very nicely. And I would go back to visit Indiana. I would see her all the time. And she was type 2 diabetic. And she knew what I did. And I remember going back and we were at this, uh, What's the pizza place right over here that's not open anymore? Uh, anyway, we're at a big pizza place where the kids go and they have those things that dance inside. Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. So we're, at a, we're at a Chuck E. Cheese. And I'll never forget because I was sitting across from her. And she was like, yeah, you know, I'm diabetic. And, and I saw your information. I was like, oh, cool. So she knew what I did. And she goes, yeah, but I can't be eating all that. So she wasn't even really thinking about hearing what I had to say. And, and I'm not there with family. You, you know, it's a whole different dynamic. So I just didn't say anything. You didn't take your whiteboard out? No, Sorry. no, no. I was like, I'm not here to convince anybody. Right. Fast forward about four years later, my mom calls me. Said I was on my way back. She says, hey, you know, you may want to go see Carolyn. She's in the hospital. Ooh. And uh, her diabetes has progressed. And they're going to amputate. Uh, they're going to, she's going to have her leg taken off above the knee. Oh. And she decided, Carolyn decided, I am not going to live with one leg. So she died. She rather died, but at the end of the day, what it really came down to, she didn't want to live life without being able to eat the food that she liked. Wow. And everything I had been doing was showing people how to eat the food that they liked. So she never even gave it a chance, and she's no longer here. 
You know what I mean? And, and that's how sad it can be because people really don't want to give up. But if you look at all the things, and you said it when I first met you, you have the doctors, you have the nurses, you have the endocrinologists. They're all saying, well, you know what? we got to stop eating all that. So saying that, when you right. go in and you talk to your endocrinologist and you said, hey, yeah, by the way, this program is working for me. And I actually went in and had in and out and I had a burger with the bread and the fries. What they say? <laughs> so, they freak out? Well, so it was, I had, you know, I had blood work to support me. I mean, you know, so it yeah. was, you know, as Robert says, it's objective. I mean, you exactly. know, it's right here. This is what it is. You can't deny it. This is the blood that came out of your body. This is yes. what it says. So she had those numbers in front of her and it was my a1c's were down to 6.0 my triglycerides were at 130. um and the yeah. first thing she said was what are you doing? how did you do this and what are you doing like almost because i won't lie like when i first when the blood work first came back when i was out my a1c's are 11.1 all that Jeez. stuff I was like total denial. Like I said, well, I think the lab mixed up our results. <laughs> I mean, I really said that at There's first. Like, no way. I don't think this is my blower. And so then fast forward to a few months later when I'm sitting there with a, with my doctor and the specialist is going over all this stuff and they specialize in dealing with type 2 diabetes. And she's asked me, what? Uh, what did you do type thing? I'm thinking, God, I wonder if the lab mixed up the blood work again. I'm <laughs> like, I almost was kind of at first in doubt. I'm like, well. This is what I did. And I told her and she goes, you got to give me this person's email and name and stuff. She goes, I need nice. to share this with my patients. Like, and okay. I, I just, you know, I was like, yeah. And, and kind of what you were saying with that story, I can relate. Like, I mean, and I think, you know, when we talked early on, I said, you know, I, I want to live a long life but I want to enjoy life. Like I don't want to, all I can eat is salad or, you know, I, and I love salad. Don't be wrong. I mean, it, there's nothing wrong with salad, but I like, you know, my, my grandparents, my mom's mom and dad, they were from the Midwest. I mean, you know, they were Missouri, Kansas, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was pinnacle beans and cornbread and all that stuff. I, said, <laughs> I want to eat that. I said, you know, because I, I don't want to not live. I mean, I, so if that's what I had to do is to change my diet completely to live as long as I can. I, mean, I want to be there for my family, but right. still it's like, I wouldn't be enjoying life. And so I can totally relate. I, I mean, I don't know that I was quite to the point, like I, I trade it my life for, you know, not being able to eat certain things, mm -hmm. but I, that was in the back of my mind. It's like, do I really want to go through life? Not being able to, if I wanted to have a cinnamon roll, you know, for a, as part of my meal, not being able to eat that, you know, if I wanted to have a couple slices of pizza because I'm out with a group of coaches and everything, not being able to do that, I don't know that life wouldn't be as enjoyable, you know, maybe, maybe I go a handful more years and then it's like, you know, whatever happens, happens because it's like, you only get to live once, as they say. And so she was, but back to the dog, I mean, she was blown away. She's asking me, what, what have you been doing? Like, and how, I, how long, how many months have passed? What maybe three? Two. Yeah, maybe ten. Yeah, it was about ten. It wasn't wow. even a full three months because I have I'm going back for blood work here in another about a month and a half. That's part oh, two, nice. people. Part two. Part two. We'll oh, see what God. happens with Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but she was blown away. And I mean, she was and then the next day I had a meeting with my um regular doctor, my primary care physician, and she was asking the same thing and asked me again, what have what have you been doing? And I said, you know, well, I've been 
eating in and out and I've been, you know, I had pizza here and there. I've had tri-tip sandwiches. And, and I mean, I think and they, and they started laughing like that, kind of like, and, and my doctor is a very close friend. And so we have probably a different patient doctor relationship. And she kind of laughed and like, no, seriously, what have you been doing? And I'm like, I'm, I'm telling you what I've been doing. I mean, that's what I've been doing. And she goes, well, there's no way. And I said, no, there is. I said, and this is how. I said, I've learned how to eat and eat the way that I can meet the goals I have, but enjoy eating. Right. Sustainable for you. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest things that when I you know, teach my clients is that, or even just when I share information is how in order to have sustainable results, you have to have a sustainable program in place. And I think that, and I don't know, this is a good question for you, is that I feel like a lot of times when we're trying to share information about health and getting healthier, it's not the education part that sells. Like what you're sharing right now is a great information, but for someone who's just starting out and not knowing what to do, they want to hear more about what's the hill I can take. Maybe not everybody, but a lot of people want that kind of that easier, more tangible thing or tool that they can just grab, you know, like wrap their hands around as opposed to you may have to learn how to eat. For you, what was it that, I don't know, that compelled you to take that step and actually learn, learn something? I think it's probably the having good mentors in my life. I mean, I remember I was, I started coaching at 18 years old, right out of high school. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I look back now at a person that's a mentor of mine and that allowed me to do that. And I go, oh my gosh, now being an athletic administrator myself, I'm like, he was crazy. What the heck was he thinking putting this 18 year old out there coaching? And I always remember that what my mentor shared is the day you think you can't continue to learn about your craft, your trade, that's the day you better get out because people are going to start kicking your butt because you're not going to continue to progress as a coach. You know, it's kind of that as an educator, you know, I've been teaching for almost 30 years. Well, there's a lot of different teaching methodologies now that didn't go exist back 30 years ago when I started teaching. Well, you know, if you stay in the stone age, you're going to not be do the service for your students as you need to do. So I think it was that training of, you know, that you always need to learn. And so it was like this needed, I, I play, I've played this game, you know, and I, and I obviously, I mean, looking back, I played the game and I played the game with diabetes. It was like, okay, let's, let's go. Come on. And early on, I like, okay, let's, you know, and I'm going to knock you down and okay, it's good now. Everything's good. I'm done. Well, that obviously didn't work real well. And diabetes came back and, you know, and it, it knocked me down, not once, but twice because my numbers doubled. And so that's what the motivation was is, you know, I got to get this under control. Because, like I said, I, I'm not afraid. You know, I'm man enough to admit I was scared. You know, I was scared because I, I didn't know what to do. And I mean, I, I, if Marine doesn't bring him into my life, I don't know where I'd be right now. I mm -hmm. mean, so, and I, and so I'm grateful for what he's done. And that's why I told him, I said, I'm willing to do this because people need to hear about this because you need to have hope. I mean, and I was, I mean, I was about as, I didn't realize, I mean, and I've heard him talk now about my story yeah. and share with people. I kind of knew how serious it was. And like I said, I was scared. 
but I didn't totally know. Like I didn't understand 11.1. What, what the hell is 11.1 right. A1Cs? Yeah. I, I didn't know. And I was diabetic. I mean, I should know what A1Cs were. I didn't know. And so it was. That was, I think, my motivation for wanting to learn. It's okay, how can I do this to make myself, you know, make it through this, you know, live a long life. And as I keep saying, I'm a coach and, I, and you know, there's, I can't turn off that competitiveness. I mean, I go to, I go golfing. Yeah. I don't golf very often, but I'm so competitive. It's not relaxing because I'm getting pissed when I miss a three foot putt, but I'm like, but then the reality sets in in myself. I, I step back and go, you never practice putting. Why would you think you're going to, you're not going to be Tiger Woods. I mean, he practices hours and hours a day. But it's that competitiveness. So for me now, it's like, okay, you won round two, type two diabetes, but round three is on me now. You know, right. like, so you were trying to get, you're working to get that control back. Yeah, but I know I needed to learn. I mean, I obviously the way I was doing it wasn't working very well. So well, you know that yeah. the, the best coaches are also the best students. You know what I, mean? I agree. So there's a humility there. Um, but at one point you said something, and I, and I love the way you communicated. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you come on this show. I like your analogies, and, it, and it's clear. Um, at one point, we were talking about when you did your first boost meal. You remember? Mm. He went to In-N-Out Burger. He got the burger with the bread and the fries. But you explained, and I'm like, I want you to explain that, how true. there's a psychology to all of this. And I believe it will help people to hear how you were explaining that to me. And I wish I could have recorded it at that moment. <laughs> uh, not to put pressure on you, but because it's so true. I've heard it and people go through it. Can you just touch on that? It's like what it felt like to be eating something. <laughs> so, yeah. So as I'm, I mean, seriously, as I'm eating this, I'm going. So what'd you get exactly? So I got a double-double, no tomato, no spread, grilled onions, add ketchup, and fries. Water. I mean, I haven't, I mean, I, and I haven't, I mean, eventually I, I might go back and try and drinking a diet soda again, but I haven't through this whole thing. I have not had one sip of soda. And I used to drink two, three diet cokes a day. Oh, okay. Not one mm -hmm. single, and I haven't really wanted it. But so, and then so water was okay. my drink of choice. And I'm so I came home. I'm sitting there, and the whole family were eating at the table, and I'm eating this, and I'm like, shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> and I'm not saying it out loud, but I'm thinking to myself, okay, there's something wrong with this you know like I, I should not be doing this right now but i'm like okay i mean you know it, it's like as he says a lot of times trust the process and i'm like so i'm thinking to myself going that son of a gun robert all right i think i'm getting set up here but all right i'm gonna eat this right. i'm gonna do it and so i ate it but i'm doing that wrestle with myself like tugging back and forth like in my head like yeah. I, this isn't something's wrong about this and as i told him it's because we get brainwashed, you know, I mean, like it, it's taught, you know, that carbs are bad. Like, don't eat that. I mean, you see all these models on TV and these actors and actresses and, you know, and, and you know, they, they drop all this weight and they're super skinny and stuff. And it's like, you know, I, how did you I do this? Well, I just don't eat carbs. Keep it away from me, you know, <laughs> keep it away from me. I don't eat carbs. And yeah. so that I will say this, that, you know, those people in society that, that's how they make their money. They've done a good job brainwashing people like me because I'm I'm having like this mental struggle right now this whole time to the point I'm not enjoying this boost meal because I'm having a mental struggle in my head like this something's crazy. 
So fast forward two and a half hours later, I'm like, or let's see. So I go get the glucose machine and I do the thing and I go, so it's going to be like 200 or something. I'm going to be, this is going to be like the worst reading I've ever had since I started this. Right. It was, if I remember correctly, I want to say it was 98 or 100. It was, it was low. Oh my gosh. That. And I sent him the picture and I'm like, how the hell? Yeah. So, I, so <laughs> then me likes going, still having my mental struggle. I'm like, this ain't real. This has got it. There must be an error with this thing. So I did it again. And Someone I'm like, switched your blood again. Yeah. I'm like, so I don't know how they got in there, but somebody's switching my blood again. And so I did it again. And it came back 98 again. And I was like, wow. Okay. You know? And so shortly thereafter is when I came and met with him and I'd gotten the first blood work back, I think a few days later, and we were oh. talking about it. And I said, you know, it's just, Society, they've done a great job brainwashing us because I, through that whole thing, did not enjoy that meal at all because I knew this is like these numbers are going to skyrocket. Right. And at that point, you probably already had lost some weight too, right? So you're already experiencing success. Uh -huh. And you're still like having that mental struggle. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> and, and one of the things I will say is, I mean, as I said earlier, you can't turn that competitive side off. Mm -hmm. So there's a competition. and But I've said this time, I'm not going to obsessed with this you know i'm going to you know yeah i'm getting up and i'm working out every day and stuff but you know there's been a here and there i've missed a day and it's like i'm not going to kick myself for that you know if i was a little extra hungry you know and i snuck and i was shouldn't have been i've maybe stepped over it was my boost meal and i maybe stepped over that carb threshold just a little bit it's okay because this is this time my goal is this is this is a life commitment time and that was what was so important is i gotta learn how to eat because i gotta do this for life like those that crash thing doesn't work i mean you know when your co bunch of coaches want to go and grab pizza mm -hmm. and you're sitting at the pizza place going hmm well i guess i'll do the salad <laughs> you know and it's like everybody else is eating pizza and you're right. eating the salad and it's like you know so it had to be that commitment but i i mean it was hard for me i couldn't grasp that and i mean you know, and I've said through this, the big thing is trust. And, you know, mm. I, I I call it, you know, I always remember Mo Marine saying, you know, referring to her team of people. I mean, this I've started that same theme. Like, I got a team. You know, there's, there's a coach. I'm the athlete. I'm the player now. There's my coach. Mm -hmm. And over here is my support staff that have their pieces of this. Mm -hmm. And what's been good is, and one of the things that I'll be honest that Robert and I talked about before I went back for the first time to my specialist was, I don't, I don't know, Robert, I, I don't think they're going to change my dosage. I, 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 I don't know. I think this is going to be a struggle. And I don't know. How do I tell the doctor that you're, I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but she was great. I mean, it was right away. So we go through all this and I mean, he goes, Call me after you get done. Call me. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'll let you know. So right away she goes, what do you think about we lower your dosage? Of hell yeah. And I'm like, that's been the goal. I said, hell yeah, so let's go lower that thing because, you know, I, I don't like it. You know, I mean, I don't like the way it makes me feel. I mean, right. you know, it, it just, it's not, you're not supposed to be taking metformin. I mean, God didn't intend you to be taking metformin. He didn't create metformin. Um, so I'm like, you know, let's go for it. My doctor, same thing. She goes, so did they lower your metformin? I said, yeah. 
And I said, my goal is in three months when I go back, now I've got three months of doing everything. So my A1C should be as precise as they can be. Mm -hmm. I want them to <clears throat> take me completely out. I want the doctor to tell me you are off of it. Nice. And and also that that, so that, that that'll me. be in part two. Yeah. So I'm, I'm predicting that. I'm putting on my Nostradamus hat. <laughs> yes. It's, it's inevitable. I really believe that. It's gonna happen. But and, and you're doing the work. But it's a huge paradigm shift for you as far as just your way of thinking and what was happening. Your blood work was showing all these great things, but yet it was still a struggle. And it's so interesting because I I coached you know, a lot of people that face that same struggle. Like we could be looking at their numbers. They get here put on the scale. We check their body composition. They're telling me they're listing all these things of all these improvements, how their energy is better, their clothes are fitting better, or they're too loose now. Are they sleeping better? And yet they're still trying to figure out, well, but I, I'm just really not sure I should be eating, you know, these what we call fast carbs. Mm -hmm. or they still just cannot wrap their head around that. They still feel like there's something just not quite right, you know? Because like I said, I, I, I credit to the, the marketing people. They've <laughs> done a great job, you know, and they've mm -hmm. got everybody bought in. And like I said, that's why I was thrilled to come on and do this. Because, you know, like he says, trust the process and more people need to know about this, you know, and I know, I mean, all you got to do is Google his name and I, and I did, I mean, you know, even after we talked on the phone, I'm like, what the hell is this Robert Ferguson <laughs> guy, you know, I mean, Marine's half crazy. So, I mean, it's like anybody that stands there, let somebody hit him in the face. I mean, so I always call her punchy. I'm like, she's half crazy. So right. now she's got me probably introduced to her crazy friend and I'm like, great. So who is this guy? Right. So I'm Googling it. And, He's, you know, and it's like, I'm watching all these videos and he's on TV to talking to this celebrity and that celebrity. And I'm like, hmm. But then he's like, kind of on a different phase of life. And I was like, well, I'm going to give it a shot. And people need to know about yeah. what there, he's done. You know, there's a guy, uh, he's a doctor, Dr. Michael Fong. I hear his name every week. And he's out of Canada. And he's really got a lot of momentum. And everything that you're saying your experience has been, he would say that's not possible. And he's very, I mean, this guy is invited everywhere to speak. And his hypothesis is that you do intermittent fasting if you want to reverse diabetes. And you lean more on the keto side. He will tell you that you cannot eat bread if you want to, like, get the outcomes that you've gotten. So if I was Dr. Fong and I'm giving my talk, would you say, hey, excuse me, there's something wrong with what you're saying? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? No doubt. I mean, I would be like, uh, well, so, you know, I, I always, there's certain things that, I mean, you could cuss me out and, and it's like, I could walk away from that, no problem. You start challenging my character and stuff, that's that. Now we got a problem. And so I would say to, to him, so you're calling me a liar? I mean, because I can show you. My journal, I can show you pigs. I could bring in 20 different people that have ate with me over the last four months or so that I've been working with Robert that have seen what I've eaten. I'm not making this up, and this is who I am. I can show you pictures of where I was at. I can show you all my blood work, so you tell, then you explain to me. I mean, what, am I just this modern-day miracle? I he, mean, he would probably say they misdiagnosed you. 
Right. <laughs> they switched your blood work. Yeah, they switched right. my blood. So then maybe I should. But I'm like, yeah. if that was my theory, they switched my blood work. But I, and I think that maybe a lot of people, though, that they're so used to thinking that to have results like you, that they have to do something that's extremely restrictive and deprives them. That even if let's say something's working, when they hear something like that, they might think, yeah, I guess I should be doing that. Because we're just, like you said, we're so conditioned to think that it takes that ultra restrictive route that, mm -hmm. that's the only way yeah and but mm -hmm. i would have no problem sam saying uh, you're, you're full wrong. of it you're right. wrong man I, I you know this is it because you're right i mean and they have done a great job brainwashing people that, mm -hmm. you know you, you can't we you mean enjoy life you can eat what you want yeah i mean i can you know and, mm -hmm. and i've learned how to do that and it's simple like i i'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer so like keto and stuff i mean Atkins was a little easier. Keto, I can't figure it out. I mean, all this, these numbers and doing anything. Where this is, I need something simple. Like I needed, you yeah. know, like I'm rushing over here from dealing with seven different fires that are going with all these different athletic events going on right now. When I leave here, I got to know that, okay, where can I, where can I eat? Um, you know, on my way back to school and, you know, quickly well, I know that there's two or three places over here. I'm not going to pitch anybody. I mean, nobody's giving me any money to pitch them, so I'm not. Not, not yet. Right? Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Um, but there's a couple places right around the corner that you know that somebody in this room <clears throat> posted a picture of the other day. I know that was him. He introduced me to the Impossible Burger at uh, Starbucks. Oh, and he, but yeah. I was talking about that other place that starts with a W, the old Waba Grill. I mean, oh, I was like, Waba Grill, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, that's probably where I'm heading. So, yes. uh, so. Anybody want to see Wava Grill? Just uh, get on this. Now, what's the name of that bread and that Starbucks thing? It's not. It's a, I think it's a ciabatta. I think ciabatta. Oh, man. They did good on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the other thing that's crazy. Like, I told him yesterday. So he goes and, and eats that. And But I told him, I said, I never would have thought in a million years that four months ago that I would be eating an impossible patty <laughs> or something. I'm like, I, I was like, and I didn't, I wasn't. Sure, but it was like the only thing that was how I came about it one day is I hadn't eaten. It was time to eat, and I was out leaving a meeting. I'm like, okay, I haven't had my cup of coffee. I, I need something. What is this? And so I ordered it, and I, I thought it was just an impossible breakfast sandwich. Like, I didn't know what impossible I meant. I thought it was just a breakfast sandwich. So I'm like, yeah. So I go and I eat this. I'm like, that was pretty good. I go home. I'm like, Wait, impossible. You know, they got the impossible whopper and all that stuff. I'm like, wait a <laughs> second. Like, oh damn. This is meatless. And I like I'm looking on their website, I'm going, Oh, shoot, I just ate a dang meatless. Yeah, I'm like, like, what the heck? And I'm like, oh my God, the guy I what and I'm like, and it was pretty dang good. And so that was the thing is learning learning all that yeah. stuff and learning to be able to and it was it's simple. Like I don't have to start counting like you know how many ketones or macros or whatever the heck you know and all that i don't have to do any of that i just go in and go to the water okay let's see what this is this. there's my Perfect. fat burn meal okay i'll take one of those please and that is what makes it work that is real life and i think that's where a lot of people miss that point is that they feel like you know they they get they, they start a diet they can concentrate on that for let's say three weeks but then real life kicks in and then they just feel like since they can't be 100 percent doing whatever it is that they just call it, they fall completely back off and but what you've learned is a lifestyle because that is real for you. It's real for you that you're going to be in a meeting, that you might be hungry, and on your way back home or wherever it is that you're going, you're going to pit stop at a Starbucks and 
what can you do to make it work? That's what I think a lot of people need to realize that they can do. And, and what we say, you know, meeting you where you are and how powerful that is, that's what it's about. Because those are the things, like when I talk to people and they say, hey, I, I've fallen off, you know, I've put weight back on, it's because I, I've second meetings all day and then I don't bring my lunch with me and I have to eat it wherever. But you'd be tell, you'd tell them. Wait, well, you know, he, he passed the big test. So, so What's I have that? A, like, you actually, I've shared this with you. We, we talked about this. Mm -hmm. I'll have a client come in, and you'll remember this moment. Mm -hmm. And I draw a bowl. Like, I'm not the best artist, but <laughs> I can draw a few things I learned in first or second grade. So, I draw a bowl, and I say, okay, this is a salad. I'll build a fat burning meal as a salad. And you built it. Like, I mean, you killed it. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. If you, you weren't if you weren't an athletic director, I'd say you I would love you to become a coach. Actually he rattled <laughs> he rattled off meal building uh, meal building early on our this talk. Yeah. He he was he did really well. I was I was impressed. So as a coach myself, I was like, hey. Like Bloom's autonomy, you're at the you're at the highest level. There's a creative component to where you get to where you can create a fat burning meal with anything. Mm -hmm. And and you killed it. I was like, you graduated, man. So your I need mean, to get you a certificate. Your, your coach is pretty good. You have a good coach. Uh, no, no. Right. I mean, I'm telling you, you're like, you, you are killing it. Now, and I think the key is, too, I mean, obviously, I mean, we're different builds a little bit still. I haven't got to that build yet. But it, it's just, you know, what was always hard when I had different doctors and stuff was, you know, they're, they're lecturing me about my weight. And I'm looking and I want to go. <laughs> really you're lecturing me about my way you know or vice versa you know like how i mean like if he would have started well you know you need to eat this and you need to eat this and you need to do this i'm like yeah it's easy for you to say over there mr 100 and whatever pounds and you know yes. all that. yeah easy for you and but i'm 288 and i'm gonna eat that and i'm gonna want to eat the arm of the couch in five minutes because <laughs> i'm still starving so yeah easy for you but look at Look at the size motor that you're feeding and look at the size motor I'm feeding. There's no way. And he never did any of that. It was like, you know, like he said, and you guys have been saying the key is we're going to meet you where you're at right. and then build off of that from here, you know. And, yeah, yeah, my portions are different now and than they were when we started. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm eating impossible patties that I never <laughs> thought. I mean, I'm a, but, you know, and enjoy it. But so I, I've, you know diversify a little bit but i but i never felt judged like i never felt like you know that, mm -hmm. um, that yeah easy for you to say mr nutrition guy i mean never felt that way i was like want to eat a cinnamon roll okay well here's how you eat it and, and he ate cinnamon it. rolls during the holidays i did yes. every day until they were gone so every day I, I do have i have a question for you because mm -hmm. and we're going to get to this place where barbara and i are going to throw questions at you okay but I want to ask you a question, and then if you would ask him a question, it would be great. And then we're going okay. to move into that rapid fire. Okay. And the question I want to ask you, and you didn't really experience this. Like when someone is in a, on a mission to lose weight, and they check their weight, and it doesn't go down. Or maybe the next week they gain a pound. You, I mean, we want to, I want to hear from you. How would you motivate yourself when you're expecting to see weight loss and you don't get it to keep yourself moving forward? Early back a few years ago, I would have beat myself up. Now it's like this is a process. Trust the process. And what I've learned is the scale could be evil. I mean, you know, it could be like right now. I guarantee, you, if I went downstairs and got on Robert's scale, I've eaten no different. I did 
you know, over an hour workout today and all that stuff. I mean, I'm looking at my Apple Watch. I'm right where I need to be at this time of the day for calorie burn. I might be a little up a little bit. Well, now I've been educated that it's partly because maybe I haven't had as much water today, but it's also it's hot outside. So my body's trying to store up water and stuff. So it could be just retaining water and to not get on that scale all the time is the advice. Cause I used to be that obsessive person. Like when I would die, I, I I'm, I'm, you know, I'm loving this because I didn't know that. So this is great. Yeah, I didn't I know used, you had that, that challenge. And so many people, I'm sure your clients, yeah. they all, they all battle with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, it's that obsessive, probably compulsive side of me that it's like, Okay, I, I, I gotta get on that scale. I got, and now this through this whole process, I mean, you know, not weighing the first couple of weeks is <laughs> killing me because I, I was in doubt. I mean, I'm like, there's no way this is gonna work. And I mean, but I look, I mean, I can remember though the times we'd go out to eat with Mo and she would be pairing all these things, and I didn't know what the heck she was doing, but she'd be like, <laughs> I want this and I want this. I don't know, but I'm like, this isn't going to, there's, there's no way this is working. I mean, this guy's telling me I can eat this. And so, but I, I trusted the process and I didn't get on the scale. I mean, I would truly say don't get on the scale, but if I hit that and I had one, a couple of weeks through this process that it was like maybe only a pound or it was, God, I didn't lose anything this week, according to what the scale said, but I'm like, my belt just went one notch tighter. I'm like, something's not jiving it's a life commitment, you know, it's a lifestyle and it's learning how to make those choices where you can enjoy life, you can enjoy eating. So go back to trust the process and, you know, don't get so obsessed with it. Mm. All right. Good. So I have a question about okay. eating your favorite food. So one of the fears that actually some of my clients have, especially early on, and then even some of my potential clients that I talk to, one of the things that they always share is that what keeps them from really jumping in 100% into really anything and learning how to, let's say, eat for a new, like for a healthier lifestyle, I should say, is that they have this fear that they're not going to be able to eat their, the foods that they love. And when they feel like that, that when they do finally eat or get to eat it, they just go crazy. They go overboard. They have no control. How has... If, if at all, how has that changed for you as far as dealing with, let's say, some of those indulgent foods and how you're feeling when you eat them or being able to eat them? And Yeah, did you lose your mind when you went to In-N-Out? <laughs> I did. I mean, I told you guys, I mentally wrestled. I was like, well, this was the biggest waste of a 45-minute part of my life sitting in that big old long line out the driveway and everything yeah. else to find, get this burger and do all this, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to have these fries, and I'm going to have this. Because I just sat there and tormented myself through the whole stinking meal. Now, nobody <laughs> at the table knew I was doing it, but it was up here. And as yeah. we all know, your mind's a powerful tool. And it was it was working full drive at that point. And so it's just, you know, it's, it's trusting the process. And just, you know, you got to trust somebody. You know? right. And if I can't trust my coach, who do I? Trust. Well, do you, do you think that knowing what you know now, that let's say let's say you wanted a cinnamon roll, do you feel like you can have one and you don't have as much guilt as maybe you would let's say prior to knowing? How oh to yeah, eat? oh yeah. And I think you. So I think the kind of answer your question. I think you, as you go through this and you see the results and you're getting the results that you wanted, 
you you feel more and more comfortable. Like I, I don't anymore. Like I, I mean, we went to the hamburger habit the other night, you know, and I had lettuce wrap burger and I felt like having fries. I didn't have a moment of guilt when I was eating those because I was like, I know, because I know now I've I've tested the process multiple times. <laughs> I got the bruised fingertips to show how many times I've pricked my finger. Um, and those numbers have never changed. Like they're not going way the heck up. They're staying, you know, where they need to be. And so now, so you do, I think you learn to, as you are going through this, you do get to cope with the better. I didn't feel any guilt at all the, that night eating the lettuce wrap burger with the, with my French fries, you know, and a little bit of ketchup on the side to dip them in. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. All right. So it's time for a little rapid fire. So what we're going to, we're going to ask you questions and the goal is for you to answer it as fast as you possibly can. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So with where you are and where you know you want to be, what is, is there anything that will stop you from getting to that goal? Potentially my job, you know, and now that we've got every single high school sport that is in existence all going at the same time, crammed into a three month window, it has been a challenge, you know, it's been a challenge, but learning to, you know, wh what I can have and when I can have it and, and keeping track and setting a timer to kind of keep eating and having pre-prep stuff on hand has helped. But that will be the thing. And I've kind of made a commitment that I'm not going to let that stop me. You know, my hour in the morning, I might be answering an email as I'm power walking in between my run and my walk. But, you know, and there's been a few times I've almost ran into a pole because I've <laughs> been trying to email and, and run at the same time. But I'm like, it's not going to, I, this is going to be at one point, I'm going to be a little selfish this time, but that would be the thing probably is life and mainly my job. And I'm not going to let this job that's just that, a job, mm -hmm. ruin what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Nice. All right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a firm believer in that, we, that a lot of times we're not aware of the people we inspire. So I'm sure Robert inspires you, but you're probably not aware of how many people you inspire. How do you believe or how do you see that what you've done with your life has impacted those closest to you? I've had at least, and, and it's hard. I mean, I, I hope people that are close in my life can say I'm a humble person because that's what I try to be. So it's been really, this has been the toughest part. Of this has been is people, I, I can't hide it. I mean, you know, I was 276 pounds, you know, what, what, four months ago or something. I'm 225 pounds today. I mean, it, okay. so it, it's, I can't hide, but it's like people, and it does make me feel good. They hear him say it, but it's like, you know, people continuously, what have you been doing? What have you been doing? What, how, how did you do this? What have you been doing? And, you know, I had a person that I saw for the first time that night in a while, had a major stroke, was in the hospital for two months. And I mean, it's now going through all the rehab. My principal, who's good friends with him, had talked to him about me. And he had them drive him around the stadium at Ventura High School to our sideline the other night to come and talk to me and he goes, I heard about what you're doing. I want to talk to you in the near future. Mm. So, I mean, and here's a guy that's a dad like me, you know, and it's got a family and a wife and all that stuff coming over and saying that it's like, wow. I mean, that, that kind of, that, that, that hit home, you know, and, you know, people, you know, telling and compliment and, you know, the minute I've had, like I said, 20, 30, 40 different people and, you know, and, and, and it's hard because you don't want to cram a process on somebody because, yeah. you know, it, it, that's it. But, you know, when I said, well, if you truly want to know, uh, let's talk. 
I said, you know, but so I guess that's how I know that I've had an impact with some people and that was never what I intended to do, but just knowing where I was at and how frustrated I was at. And I mean, it was probably the, the breaking down with the tears and stuff was probably partly the fear, but partly just all the frustration finally boiled over. I was like, I, I, I just don't know what to do. I mean, I don't yeah. you know. And so, you know, obviously people talking to me has made me kind of realize that I guess I have had a little bit of impact. So if I can help somebody else yeah. not go through that, I'm game for that. All right, so, nice. so let's do a little background here because uh -oh. Like I'm a I'm a fan of vampires, right? And so I watched these vampires. Uh, the series called The Originals, and then um, there was one before that uh, where it's like more like the teen boppers. But I love it. And there's a part in, with the vampires where they turn off their humanity. Like they have this ability to hit a switch, and when they turn that switch, it's like an athlete, right? Then they're set, right? Like I, when I would work with Vargas like locally, this guy was very reckless with his nutrition, his eating drinking and partying, but when it was time to go to camp, it was a whole different animal. Like there were, you couldn't put his favorite food in front of him. He was not gonna eat it because the mindset was there. He was set. And I'm 100% you have that. So have you always had that? And if you have, what about the people who don't have it? Do you have any words of wisdom? Because you are a coach that could help them tap into that mindset. Mm. I think it's that natural competitiveness and, I, and it can be dangerous. You know, I mean, it was, you know, what we were saying earlier, I mean, that, that competitive thing can cause problems too. I mean, it was, you know, okay, I'm going to take on this weight thing, but I'm going to step on the scale every day. And I was like, wait, what, what the hell? I only ate like this, this, and this yesterday. And that scale just told me I'm three pounds heavier today. I was like, how did that happen? And then you're starting to obsess about it. Um, so it can be a negative at times, but it's just, I think, you know, setting goals, you know, what, and it's gotta be, when I talk to my former players, since I'm not a coach anymore, but as I talk to coaches and as I advise our student athletes, when they come in and, and talk to me about stuff is, I don't care, you gotta set goals, but they gotta be things that you personally want. I don't care what mom and dad says in this situation. Mm -hmm. If you don't wanna go to that college, don't go to that college because you're not going to be successful. It's what do you want to do? You know, not what mom and dad wants to do, because guess what? You're going to be the one that's going to have to live that life, not mom and dad. Mm -hmm. So with this, it's like, what do you want out of this process? And what are you, you know, what my goal was might not be your goal, might not be his goal, but it works because it's me. And it's like, this is my goal. And so mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing I think to, to help me keep the focus is that it's, you know, and then the second thing is you got to have a support network. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. uh, um, it, everything in my life be, has been athletics and stuff. So I relate to everything in life athletic related. I mean, and it's my team and, and you know, my, you know, my classes, my period one class is different than my period two class. This is my team and this is my team. And I got to coach them different based on, you know, yeah. what the makeup of the team is. And, and so, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's kind of that thing is, as I tell them, ultimately, if you're going to be successful as a team, you got to have a team, you got to have a support network behind you. So identify that support network. And, you know, my wife has been that support network for me, you know, and um, without her, I, I couldn't do it. And I mean, mm -hmm. does she fall it quite the same? Maybe not totally. And has there been some frustrations for her off and on? Yeah. 
Um, but never once. It's like if we're gonna go out deep, where where do you want to go? Where where what do you what what can mm -hmm. you have here or there? Or you know when we when we make a meal at home, it's a it's always a fat burning meal. And so she, you know, and so my thing to keep that focused, answer that, go back to your question is. You gotta have. It's gotta be your goal. It's gotta be whatever is important to you, not anybody else. And you gotta have, but you gotta have a support network because there, there's been some stumbles in this whole thing. Yeah. But I got people behind me that are picking me up. Thanks. Yeah, definitely, definitely takes a village for sure. So I, I have one more. Oh no, go for yeah, it. Yeah, one more. No, I was yeah. about to say it takes a village. Oh, you're gonna sing? Oh I was, I was shoot! Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that. We talked a bunch about this, how we, or I think people, a lot of people, we obsess about the scale and that, that being the only measure of success. Um, what would you say are your non, list as many as you like, non-scale wins throughout this time? I think a lot of people would forget that there's so much more. I mean, just like clothing fitting differently. I mean, you know, like all of a sudden being able to get, there's not anything in my closet now and I've got like the, the really heavy stuff down <laughs> to, you know, back where I was, you know, and I'm actually lower than I have been in the last three years weight wise. So I got stuff oh, over no. here that is still in the closet. So I'm over here. There's not one thing in my closet right now that I can't put on. So, so are yeah. you taking those wow. clothes to a Goodwill? Yeah. You get I, 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 I'm pretty much, that is going to be the plan. I mean, you nice. know, just to get them out of there is like, they're, they're gone. You know, so, you know a, lot, a yeah. lot of women, they keep those clothes, but they like somewhere in the back they're of their back mind, up. I'm going back. Yeah. <laughs> no and awesome. so it's like you know it, so it's that it's mm -hmm. um i mean i can notice you know that my 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 face and stuff like when i'm shaving the morning stuff it, it's you know it's thinner my neck is thinner um mm -hmm. you know um so that's another one uh you know the compliments you know that people give you and, and that's like i said that's hard because i think i would hope that everybody as i said earlier that knows me would, would think i'm a humble person and yeah so that that's been a little challenging, but I mean, so those things are all the, the things off, you know, kind of off the top of my head, you know, that are that kind of do make you feel good, and, and that I have noticed, you know, and it's yeah. kind of nice, you know, it's nice to all of a sudden go from a two X to an extra large, and then all of a sudden the other day I found some old T-shirt that was a large, and I'm like, that's the only thing it's clean. Oh, what the heck? Let's give it a try, and it fit. And it fit. And I was like, oh, okay, so. So you're like, check me out, Blue yeah. Steel. <laughs> all the selfies. <laughs> now, this is good. So, I mean, as we begin to wrap this up, mm -hmm. I just want to say again, thank you. Because yeah. the goal of this show isn't to get clients. It isn't. But it's to give people hope. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because one of the people that I picked that lesson up from was a guy named Richard Simmons. Oh, wow. And I wasn't friends with Richard Simmons. I've met him twice. But I saw him in an airport, and I wanted to like say something to him. I wanted to like go get a picture with him. But it's one of those moments where he was Richard. He was Richard Simmons. Did he have his shorts on too? He had shorts on, <laughs> yes. And I believe they were yellow, and they were up real high. <laughs> and uh, he was he was he was Richard Simmons. He's the, the one you would think of. He was that guy. So it was a little intimidating. He didn't want to because he was Richard Simmons. Yeah. But I watched him go over to this lady who was staring at these patients. I don't know exactly what he said to her, but I know he went over and he talked to her and then they ended up walking off together. And they didn't know each other. Wow. And it's not that she couldn't have had the pastry. I mean, we 
we know how to eat a pastry and all that. Mm -hmm. But it was the fact that I know that he instills hope. He believes that if you have hope, then you got a chance to turn things around if they're going in a direction that you don't like. And that was that's what I'm hoping people get out of this share. And then they'll get to see the outcome, which I'm putting more pressure on uh, Chris, oh, yeah. uh, part two, because I really do believe uh, all the things that you want to see happen. Um, like I, I would have been surprised if your doctor had wasn't open to cutting your metformin. That would have just blown my mind. I would have wrote an email. I was like, what are you thinking? And fortunately, she did. And I will be blown away if they don't have you off of metformin completely in this upcoming checkup. That's, really awesome. that's, that's a goal. So for me, it's hope. I don't know for you, Barbara. Like, what would you like your clients to get out of watching this? Uh, I would actually, I would agree with that because I think that a lot of times, you know, my clients or many of them, they struggle with that feeling that they have to be perfect. And one of the things I like to share with them is that you know you can't fail at this. The only way you're going to fail is if you just completely give up and completely stop. So it's really not about being perfect. It's about learning how to make this work for you. And, and we're not perfect, but we can always, always improve. Um, and so I like that. I like the fact that we can instill hope. And that means that there's something to look forward to tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Just try a little harder. Well, that's pretty you know? good there, uh, Aristotle. <laughs> <laughs> Barbastotle. Barbastotle, Master Fergus. <laughs> Any uh, final words you would like to share with anyone who catches this? I just hope, you know, that people can have the feelings that I have, you know, mm. I mean, I, I it, it does feel good. I mean, I won't lie. I mean, and it's just, it's as you're able to do things that you couldn't do two or three months ago, it does feel good, you know, and that don't give up and don't get frustrated. And, you know, I, I would definitely say, you know, for me, we have a lot of similarities. So Robert works for me. I mean, and, you know, but you know, maybe Robert doesn't work for somebody else have another coach but you, you got to have as i said that support piece and it's got to you know and they've got to be there because you you are going to hit some people but if i i just hope people can take my story and help them not have to go through what i went through because i mean it wasn't fun i mean it was not i mean i like i said i was scared to death and i not i've said this multiple times i'm not such a man that i can't admit that i i was scared and i i don't want anybody to go through something like that so if i can help somebody that maybe was on that fence post, hear this and go, you know what, I'm gonna go do this. You know, and, and I hope that that helps with them. I mean, I, I just don't even have to put in words because I mean, it, it just, that there is some pressure, but I, I just, you know, I, I went into my career because I care about people and I care about kids and I wanna help them be successful. So I hope that maybe my story could keep somebody else from not having to have some body part amputated or anything else and, and know that you're not out there by yourself because you know there's pictures of me at 288 pounds and you know and so yeah eventually maybe i'll look like robert um but you know it's i'm a real person and so you know if you are that on that fence post go for it and, and you know but find a coach i mean you know and i'm not trying to promote anything i'll find a coach i mean that's my career so i mean i i, I believe in coaches and in every phase of your life and, and so find that person and you know so if i can act as that motivator if i if somebody needs to talk i mean reach out you know i mean i i would love to help because you know i, I think god put us on this earth to help others and everything so all right well 
You yeah. heard it, people. You heard it from the man. You heard it from Chris. And we always end our show by encouraging people to get healthy, be healthy, and stay healthy. Until the next one. <laughs>